Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Hey, welcome to the American Liberties Wednesday Night Call. Tonight again, we have Dave Merlin, as usual. And, uh, you know, and Dave is... um, you know, and I've I've said it if I said it once, I said it a thousand times. The best defense is an offense. Instead of if somebody's swinging, you know, at you, you know, you can block and keep backing up and keep backing up and blocking and all that. But if you don't throw back any punches or you know or get on the offense to eliminate the threat then, you know, it's just a matter of time they're going to wear you out and knock you out. And there's no difference in in, in court or in a battle and in, in, uh, so forth. When they come against you, you got to be ready. you got to be set. And, you know, and you might want to write some things down, like what ammunition do you have to throw back at them? What position are you going to take when they start asking you questions and and you got to know what you know and even practice in front of a mirror i used to do it and uh, in fact i still do sometimes when i get in my car i'll play in my mind and speak you know like i'm speaking to myself because nobody knows i'm talking to myself anymore because they probably think i'm on a wireless phone in my car and I'll and I'll talk like I'm talking to a revenue agent or or a cop or anybody. So when it's time, I'm in practice. I I brushed up, and and I'm and I'm I'm ready to to go at it. And that's what everybody needs to do. So what do you need to do? What needs to be on your list in order to have that? One, Dave has an outstanding flash drive. That that interprets that interpretates the code in all the sections on how they all blend in, and and he goes on a on a whiteboard, you know, doing a, demonstra- a demonstration and going through each of it. And when it's, what's so neat about it is you can back up and fast forward, back up and listen to it, and 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 all that to get a real true understanding and you can write down and make notes and you can go online and check it in your code book and all that to see if if he's not you know if if he's mistaken or not i guarantee you i don't believe you'll find any mistakes and then you okay so now you know the code you know how it does not apply to you and if and and and, or how it applies you uh, how it's been misrepresented uh, to you and, and how they are taking the side of criminals, if you can believe that, our government agents are being criminals. And, and you can, and now you, what's, how do you apply that? Well, now you read 
the criminal complaint, the memorandum of law, which is 58 pages of power-packed information. You can read his criminal complaint, which is 33 pages of awesome information on on Title 18, Section 4, crimes, excuse me, Title 18, crimes that they're committing, and you're doing your lawful statutory duty by reporting Title 18, Section 4, misprison of a felony crimes against these individuals. And now you can, now that you know that, and you know the flash drive, now you, 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 you become a joiner. And we can't get the price down any lower, folks. I mean, you can get and be a joiner to the criminal complaint. And what, and what that does is that it kind of puts a a uh, a shield around you that you you are not intending or willful failure to file or you're not being argumentative because you're throwing frivolous stuff at it because all the arguments or all the interpretations that are in Dave Maryland's criminal complaint that was sent to the uh to congress back in 2005 is not on the frivolous list not a not a one now there's some issues that could be construed to be on the frivolous list that people arguing i'm not a citizen of the united united states but you know when they argue that they argue that wrongly And I'm not going to get into that. I'll let David, if he wants to, to get into that. And then, more importantly, is that he has a drive-by litigation that i like Dave to take the time tonight to go over that a little bit. It's a great course. It's a wonderful course to learn. And I got to admit that I haven't been due diligent, and I ought to be watching that myself again. So, Dave, would you mind explaining everything I just said? Yeah, thanks. And the main thrust uh, this evening is on offense. Uh, Don't be a defensive player. You never score on defense. It's August 17th, 2016. Welcome to the American Liberties Conference call. My name is Dave Merlin. Nothing you'll hear me say is intended as legal advice. Anything that sounds like that to you, just consider it something somebody else might do on a planet far, far away where the law matters. It doesn't matter here. I prove it on a daily basis. Believe it. So when uh, these terrorist attacks occur, and uh, I'm probably pretty accurate when I say most people listening have at one time or another referred to public servants as terrorists, when these terrorists attack uh, occur, such as uh, Orlando, Nice, France, um, Paris, San Bernardino, all these places have in common the fact that they were gun-free zones. And it's easy for a, a tiny little angry pissant of a person to go and take out their wrath on people that aren't armed to defend themselves. And the same is true about the anti-tax movement and its aficionados and its 
students or its following, whatever you want to call them, uh, they're still playing defense. Defense forever. Because they haven't figured out the law. Only when you figure out the law could you possibly muster an offense if, in fact, there's things in the law that protect you. So since they don't even know of their protections, uh, they are either unarmed or they left their gun at home or they aren't allowed to bring their gun into the cocktail lounge, whatever. And so when the attack occurs, they're busy stumbling around on their hands and knees looking for their contact lenses. And they're dead meat. And it's only through offense in advance that you can prove yourself to these public servants to be somebody that uh, the judge just doesn't want you in court. Trust me, officer, uh, if you take your pen out of that pocket of yours, uh, the judge is going to tell you you did the wrong thing because I'm hell on wheels. Your judge does not want me in his court or her court writing criminal complaints against them. And believe me, I can push them to the point where they have to commit crimes just to keep their hands on me. And then I'll be serving that criminal complaint on the State Commission for Judicial Conduct. So just walk away. Or you'll have the judge telling you, walk away. You can take it from me or you can take it from the judge. Or the IRS, when you're on record with a Freedom of Information Act request saying, hey, I want a copy of all the materials, the uh, the PowerPoint presentations, the manuals, the internal revenue manuals, the interoffice memos, memorandums, everything you use to teach your agents on how to apply and comply with Section 83 of the tax code. They can't afford you. You just found protections in the law and your offense for starters instead of defense forever. Those are opposites. And there's no one in the movement, which is oxymoronic. It doesn't move. They haven't moved ever. Uh, Pete Henderson thinks he's moved when all he's done is gotten a bunch of people their money back Um which I've seen happen through five different people's curriculums. And then two and a half years later, everybody's leaned and levied into poverty. Some people go to prison. That's all Pete Henderson has done. And you can't even talk to the guy uh, about the truth. He'll look right at the case law in Section 83 and said, oh, it's irrelevant, gibberish. Boy, that's sure convenient. Sure stays having to learn the law, doesn't it? So if you're in a gun-free zone because you're uneducated, which is the movement, it's open season for you. Anytime the government takes exception to you, if they run out of things to do, they pull up the next name on the list, it's your name on the list. And all Pete Hendrickson has done is given them thousands of people to shoot at anytime they want, which means they can keep all of those uh, there were 4,500 extra revenue agents that were hired because of Obamacare. And precious few people have even signed up for that. So there's 4,500 agents that need something to do. And Pete Henderson provided all those case studies for them to go out and hammer on. 
through his process of getting people their money back. And uh, uh, there's an entry on a blog. I've mentioned this in other shows. A guy and his wife, both 50 years old, uh, filed 14 years worth of Pete Hendrickson tax returns, or maybe seven years each. And each one of them earned them a $5,000 penalty. So here they are with $70,000 in frivolous filing penalties, 50 years old. Only one of them has a job. They had to move into a hotel. And uh, in the entry on the blog, it says if they come after our paycheck, uh, then we'll have nothing. Because Pete Henderson doesn't know what he's doing. And I'm on the other end of the learning curve saying, they're screwing you. There's certain laws they're breaking every day just to touch your money. And uh, once you know these uh, inadequacies in their standard standard operating procedure, and when you've looked at the criminal code to the extent you can identify actual laws that are being violated, it makes you hell on wheels. Offense. You don't score on defense. And when you're on the offense, uh, they don't. They don't want you around. And when you're on offense and you can prove a felony violation of the law, you've just acquired the right to make a citizen's arrest anytime you want of those people. The the people you can prove are felons. And if you want to put all of them in one category, okay. You're depriving me of the provisions of Section 83 to take FICA out of my paycheck, to take Chapter 1 withholding out of my paycheck, or from my self-employment earnings. How is that not a conspiracy against my rights to property? Conspiracy against constitutional rights? Ten years in prison. Title 18, Section 241. That's a felony. And I just placed... Everyone at the IRS in that category, every judge that tries a tax case, every U.S. attorney that tries a tax case with one argument, one statute, Section 83, you're depriving me of that to steal my money. That's a conspiracy against my rights to property, 10 years in prison. I just got the right to arrest you. Do you hear any defense in any of that? So I'm the only one that can teach you an offense. And when you look at the courses I have available, uh, there's nobody that offers courses like this, how to write and file a citizen's criminal complaint with a whole bunch of complaints, state and federal, in Microsoft Word that I wrote for other people's cases, mostly uh, after 2001. And uh, they're very sharply written documents. I get compliments on my legal writing ability uh, every time a lawyer sees them. Uh, Two different state judges have complimented me on my writing abilities. One saying, uh, you obviously spend a lot of time on your memorandum. You write better than all the the attorneys write that come into this court. And another one says, you're obviously no neophyte to the judicial system. Your pleadings are in the top one percentile of everything I see in this court. Both of them said that in rooms full of attorneys. 
they were trying to send a message to the attorneys, saying, you ought to get this guy's pleadings. He's he's ahead of you. And judges just don't say that. If anybody's ever gone to court to watch a patriot movement aficionado go down in flames, the judges never say that to them. The Department of Justice says, Mr. Merlin's a very intelligent individual, very smart indeed. Think they'd ever say that about Ralph Winterroad or or uh, Glenn Ambort, Adele Weiss? No. And here I am on the outside of that circle trying to wave down people saying, listen, uh, excuse me, I've got an offense. Anybody interested? Are you going to just stay at a gun-free zone? That the government can come out and fleece anytime the government feels like it. The video, flash drive, seven segments about the tax code, um, three hours, 45 minutes of instruction total, seven segments, and uh, all you're going to see are the areas where the IRS is most vulnerable under statute in the tax code. There are certain things they do all the time that the law does not permit, and I've narrowed it down to about 39 or 40 provisions, and they're all included in these uh, different examples that I give you on the whiteboard about how the tax code, in fact, should operate. So start with the flash drive. If you don't have the flash drive yet, uh, you're missing out. The entire anti-tax movement doesn't move. It is oxymoronic. It is not a movement. It's just a room full of grumblers. That's all it is. And I get emails often enough, not all the time because I'm off everybody's radar, but there's a few people that send me examples of other people's theories And I'm just, excuse me, you're kidding. Why would you send this to me? Uh, How come you're still looking at other people who are fumbling about and can't find their ass with both hands? I'm not interested. I've got an offense. Uh, Somebody said that I've got guinea pigs that I send into court. No, I don't. These people in South Carolina and prior to that, a year and a half ago, almost in uh, South Dakota, They wanted the right to say that they even sued the government for proof that the tax code applies to Americans and the government couldn't debate them on four or five statutes. That's not a guinea pig. A guinea pig is when somebody's in trouble. Hey, uh, I'm being leaned and levied into poverty or they got a criminal investigation against me. What should I do? And one of these patriot movement guru aficionados, whatever, says, hey, just file this in court and you'll be okay or start your own common law court, whatever. That's a guinea pig. I promised these people at the beginning of litigation, it'll go nowhere. You're wasting your time in every respect, except you will have the license to say you sued the government for proof the tax code applies to Americans and they can't debate you on four or five statutes. That's not a guinea pig. That's a bona fide process in place about which I made no promises whatsoever except promises of failure in the big picture. You won't get a thief to say, oh, we've been stealing for decades. I'm sorry. No, these were not guinea pigs. 
These are people that wanted the only thing I said they could get out of this litigation, and they went and they got it. And a Pete Hendrickson blind follower says, those are guinea pigs. No, they're not. The furthest thing from it, he, this guy can't even see me. And once in a while, he'll, he'll pop into Chris's call here or my calls on 59615 on Saturdays, no confidence, and I immediately block him out. I don't want to hear what he has to say. I'm not going to give him a form to say jack squat until I get an apology out of him telling me Pete Hendrickson knows what he's talking about when he says in one breath, well, we got to do what Congress says. And so you file a return that says ABC on it. Well, if you got to do what Congress says, uh, who do you think wrote Section 83? Oh, that's gibberish. Well, which one is it? you got to follow Congress or it's gibberish. It's either all gibberish or it's all what Congress said. You can't pick and choose unless you need a convenient excuse to fail to learn the law, a convenient excuse to justify the fact you don't know what you're doing. That's the anti-tax movement. As soon as you say statute protects you, the tax code's perfect. Boy, they, they get out their, their keyboards and their websites and they'll slander you and libel you all day. While they have no answers they have no offense. They're on defense. And what they do has already been rejected. An example of that is, uh, hey, the, uh, the authority under the tax code only applies to the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms in Title 27. Well, how do you know this? Well, it's because of the, uh, the code service table of authorities that lists all these tax statutes and then uh, right beside them, it attributes them to Title 27 CFR, Code of Federal Regulations. I have a 1992 memorandum from a district court chief judge that says, excuse me, but the preamble to the Code Service Table of Authorities itself says these citations are supplied by the agency and therefore may not be accurate and cannot be considered all-inclusive. Secondly, it's not a regulation. It doesn't have the force of law. It's just a, it's just a cross-reference. Oops. And people are still teaching it. 1992. How many years is that? Count with me. 24. 24 years. And you call that a movement? It hasn't moved from ignorant. The needle is still pegged at the ignorance of the law school end of the meter. And I'm not here going, excuse me, you want to go on the offense or what? You're going to live your life to be wrong? Boy, that's quite a goal you've set for yourself. Sure is easy to just be wrong and stay wrong. You can ignore everybody. I have a conclusion. And I'm out here going, excuse me, but the tax code's perfect. It protects all of our rights. It acknowledges the limited scope of the federal government. Well, we're out here and we don't agree. We'll just have to agree to disagree. And that's their excuse for not learning the law. So you will always be a gun-free zone, ready for the terrorists, wearing badges, 
collecting a government check uh, to come out and just rake you over the coals, pull everything worth more than $20 right out of your house and leave you with nothing. And that's the choice I offer. The courses I've got, uh, while nobody even offers courses on these topics, nobody writes as well as I do out there in the movement. There might be a couple that rise to the level of a county prosecutor, but I write on par with the Department of Justice. I got my education on how to write memorandums by reading Supreme Court decisions. And these other people are stumbling around on the floor looking for their contact lenses while the government's kicking them in the ass. Don't be that citizen. And you won't go on the offense until you have my approach to have more exposure to to what I offer in these courses. Writing and filing citizens' criminal complaints. And I'm talking about the courses on wevgov.com. I trust somebody's typed that into the chat by now. wevgov.com. On the products page, writing and filing citizens' criminal complaints. The flash drive with the video segments about the tax code and uh, drive-by litigation. Drive-by litigation is a fabulous course. If if somebody has sharpened their their writing skills just up to where they could revise one of my criminal complaints and file it against a public servant in their state, take the state statutes out that I put in there, because I wrote the complaint for a particular state like Colorado or Nevada, take that Nevada statute out, put in the statute you say was violated in your state. You look at a paragraph of the complaint that I wrote and say to yourself, what does this paragraph accomplish? And then you reword the paragraph to accomplish the same thing, but for your case against this other public servant in your state. And once you get up to where you could actually do that to a criminal complaint, drive-by litigation, uh, false arrest, a wrongful towing of your automobile, uh, criminal trespass by a municipal public servant, be they a police officer, zoning enforcement, whatever. If they came onto your property and, st- and state statute doesn't give them the permission to do so, that's criminal trespass. That's a crime. If they're penalizing you under a chapter of law that doesn't apply to you, that's extortion. That's a criminal conspiracy. Go look up the names of these statutes in your state criminal code and start writing your own criminal complaints. But this drive-by litigation course, if they're breaking the law on the state level to get your property, how is it not a federal crime conspiracy against rights? Well, now you've got to write a federal criminal complaint too. And you'll have examples of affidavits to put all of the evidence in one spot, one affidavit on top of it. So no matter what you're going to allege, it's supported by one document with attached exhibits. And then you take your affidavit with the evidence, you put it under your state criminal complaint, you file a state criminal complaint with a court that they don't have you in. Like if if they already got you in court, you file it in a court across the county in a different court, 
against the judge, the prosecutor, the zoning officer, or the cop, whoever did what they're what you're complaining about. And then you take your stamped copies of that complaint that went to the state court with all the evidence, and you put your federal uh, federal criminal complaint on top of it. And it might be a complaint to the FBI, might be a complaint to the Department of Justice, and then you serve that on the FBI or the DOJ and get all your remaining copies stamped, received. And then you take all those and you put on top of each one a claim for damages against the county or the city that's screwing with you. And you serve it on the bean counters, the risk management department of the city or county treasury. And they'll look at that and go, oh, okay, uh, we got somebody here that's going to sue us. They've named the county as a racketeering scheme. They've named uh, our judge and our sheriff as criminals under the state and federal code. And they're claiming damages in the neighborhood of $1.5 million, maybe $3 million, false arrest. And now you've got them in a position where uh, it makes it much easier for an attorney to sue on your behalf because everyone is facing a criminal complaint, two of them, state and fed. And the last thing they want to have to do is go to a deposition and answer the tough questions about why do you arrest this person? Where's your right to go onto their property? Whatever, whatever you're complaining about. This is uh, a method, four phases that you execute, the affidavit and evidence, the state criminal complaint, the federal criminal complaint, the claim for damages served on the municipality, four different phases. And then you go talk to an attorney about possibly suing them over it. You file it into the court record in your case if they've started a case against you. So that everybody's pointing their finger at somebody else saying, you did that. You wanted to arrest them, not me. And you got the bean counters for the city or the county going, you going to drop this case or what? Our wallet is exposed. Our budget is flapping in the breeze because of this. Drop it. So drive-by litigation. It's it's as bad as I can be, and it's totally within the system. Uh, Washington state court rules even provide for a citizen's criminal complaint. And I've never had somebody say, this isn't how you do it. <laughs> so I do it. And I've been doing it a long time. Criminal complaints really rock. And drive-by litigation, there was a case on the criminal docket in County Superior Court. Shasta County, California. A man and his wife were each charged with 10 counts under state law for um, violations of oh, public nuisance, building an awning without a permit, building a drain field without a permit. He had 42 acres. Out in the middle of his land, he put up a mobile home and uh, built an awning, put in a drain field, and they had to trespass onto his property to discover what they said were zoning violations and then cited him also for public nuisance. Well, that's a misdemeanor right there, just public nuisance. What's public about this? You read the language of the public nuisance statute in California, and it says anybody that uh, obstructs anybody else's free egress upon a public right-of-way. <laughs> Where's the public right-of-way in the middle of his land? 
So obviously false charge. And uh, he listened to a couple of my conference calls, and he said, uh, listen, I've, I've listened to a lot of people, and you're talking a different game. Can I call you? And so we talked privately, and I took his case. And over the course of about eight months, just to try to square this away, uh, two prosecutors were fired. The judge retired 10 years early, and uh, a member of the county board of supervisors, two of them resigned, one of whom he was going to run against in the next election cycle had they not resigned. And I looked at that stack of paper at the end of his case, and I said, I got jealous as hell because his name was on it. He was the one making all the accusations. I said, I got to have one of these. This is the, this is the worst stack of documents I've ever seen against somebody. This is bad news. And I got jealous. And so I wrote the criminal complaint that went to 80 members of Congress in December of 05, call it New Year's of 06. This case was the inspiration for me to write that criminal complaint about the tax code to Congress. The entire case from Shasta County is in the drive-by litigation seminar. And I took that eight months and I devised a four-phase process that you could probably execute upon in a matter of three weeks, two or three weeks, and you'll, have, you'll probably have somebody going, dismiss the case. What are you waiting for? They're going to sue the city. They're going to sue the county. Dismiss the case. <laughs> and don't play defense. Don't be caught off guard. Learn this stuff before the trouble happens. With this four-phase process, I was, it was my first case on the criminal docket in Superior Court. And I got two prosecutors fired. That's good news. And it didn't happen on accident. I knew what a criminal complaint was. We pushed the prosecutor in a direction where she had to screw up. She screwed up, and then we thumped her on the head, clubbed her to the ground like a baby seal, and called animal control to scrape up her flaming carcass with a snow shovel. It was a confirmed kill. And you want to learn this stuff before the trouble happens. You want to read your criminal code for your state now. And you go through and you make a list of things that will never apply for what they commonly do. But there's going to be a list of things that will probably come into play. Criminal conspiracy. Criminal attempt. Uh, these are called anticipatory crimes. You can commit a crime simply by planning to commit a different crime. And... Uh, they're also called inchote. Uh, I'm not straight on exactly how to pronounce that. I've heard it different ways. I-N-C-H-O-A-T-E. Um, offenses, anticipatory, like conspiracy. Uh, criminal trespassing. First, second, and third degree theft. False imprisonment. Official misconduct. Official oppression. Uh I think it was either an attorney general or an assistant attorney general. Was that in uh, Pennsylvania or Ohio? It was just convicted a couple days ago for perjury and official oppression under state law, and she might do jail time. 
might. That's what the report said. She might even go to jail. Well, wouldn't you hope so? We go to jail for nothing on false charges, and public servant might go to jail when she's convicted on three criminal counts. Anyway, don't get me started in that direction, or we'll never get out of here. So you learn this stuff before it comes down so that you know what crimes they might commit in everyday enforcement as a matter of procedure. And when they pull that pen out against you and they don't have grounds to, it is crime. And so you familiarize yourself with official misconduct. That's the state analog for the federal conspiracy against rights or deprivation of rights. You're going to see it all the time. Um, Craig Patterson in California, uh, who asked to be my promoter in probably 2006, um, he said that uh, on the conference calls he first tuned into, uh, he got the impression I was the biggest egotistical, egomaniacal windbag that ever ever dreamt of setting foot on a conference call to speak to anybody else about the law. The system doesn't work like this. He's a maniac. Nobody can do any of this. And then he started looking up everything I said, and he found it in case law and in statute. And three months after the first call, he said, "Can I? you don't have a promoter in California. Can I promote you? I said, yeah, thanks, because he had already been to court a bunch of times to watch these other people go down in flames with UCC arguments and adhesion contract claims and blah, blah, blah. And uh, he says, you know, I've been to court all these times, and I really didn't understand what was going on. I, I couldn't identify a crime if I had to. Then I start, I listened to Dave and took his courses and read his criminal complaints. I go into court now and I can see him committing crime all around me, fudging the court rules to get somebody's money. That's crime. He said, I can see crime all around me. And that's the difference. Once you can and you know what to do about it, they don't want you in their court, not unless you're breaking legs and burglarizing homes. They don't want you in their courts because they live off of our ignorance. There's an entire category of enforcement modes and stunts they pull that they accomplish strictly through our ignorance. And until you, until you lose some of your ignorance, they get away with it. When they can't get away with it, they're going to do it in everybody else's case. And when they know they can't do it in your case, they don't want you in court because you're going to see them doing it to other people. What if you file a criminal complaint on behalf of somebody else? The only hearing I've gotten against a judge on a criminal complaint was where I co-complained with somebody else about what happened to them in their small claims trial. So it, it doesn't have, you don't have to be the victim to file a criminal complaint. So they don't want you witnessing their standard operating procedure if you know the criminal code and how to write a criminal complaint. And the drive-by litigation course, the citizen's criminal complaint course, uh, those two are the most lethal one-two punch out of all the courses you could ever find anywhere in America, anywhere. Nobody teaches this. And it, it's the other side. People will play defense. They'll say, here's how to get your ticket dismissed. 
well, I'd really like to burn them for what they did to me. Oh, then you want to go on offense. We don't teach that. Well, I do. Because uh, you don't laugh until you're on the offense. And I love a good joke, especially when it's on the face of a public servant. So uh, you have to go on the offense or you're a gun-free zone. And we know what happens to those people. So the citizen's criminal complaint, drive-by litigation, and the video uh, flash drive, seven courses, uh, seven mini-segments about the tax code on one flash drive, and the uh, code breaker, the Section 83 equation about Section 83 of the tax code. If all you did was receive compensation and they're asking you to pay uh, an income tax, and you're not on the offense, you haven't taken my courses yet. See how how quickly I can run to a conclusion about you? Solve your ignorance before the problems occur. And then there's the the joinder, the affidavit of joinder, become a co-complainant to my complaint that went to 80 members of Congress January of 06. It has in it the findings that we're suing over in South Carolina right now. The government hasn't disposed of these findings because the tax code's perfect. There are things, laws the IRS has to violate to speak to you. And I've briefed them. I've put them in a criminal complaint, and you can become a co-complainant by simply filing an affidavit through our office. We'll serve the right members of Congress, and you now can photocopy that complaint and send it to anybody that says you own income tax. So you're you're on the offense or you're hedging against them acting in the future against you and uh, nobody else is uh, selling anything like this and even what they sell uh, while worth much less is uh, has a much higher price tag on it than does my stuff and by the way now if you went to uh, wevgov.com and enter the website and go to the products page. On the left-hand side, there's a menu column, and there's a link that says products available. Go to the product page, and when you click on, uh, like, Take from Caesar, Volumes 1 and 2, or uh, go to Code Break of the Section 83 Equation, it'll take you to thebookpatch.com. And now on thebookpatch.com, very inexpensively, you can download the ebook version of my publications. So if you're on the fence about spending all the money it takes to get my publications, get the ebook first. But the ebook doesn't qualify you for a discount uh, when you buy the other uh, because the ebook is such a steal, um, no, no discounts attached to it. But for what it's worth, they're now available in ebook format. And I hope you enjoy those. Get those uh, very soon so that you can stop walking around totally unarmed like uh, the people in the movement do. Question and answer, Chris. Okay. Um, guests, uh, guests are on the phone. Go ahead and hit star eight if you have something to say. Um uh, anybody that has a question on the chat, go ahead and, uh, okay, here we got Donaldson on the phone. 
And then anybody that's um, on the chat, go ahead and type in. And let's see. Go go ahead there, Mr. Donaldson. Okay. Hello. How are you? Good. How you doing? Good. Not bad. Not bad. I got bad connection. In law li- I'm in the law library right now. Okay. All right. So I can't really be too loud, but. I have a question about uh, defending against uh, charges of drunk driving when there was no one injured and insurance is paying for the property damage. So I want to know basically how to help out a person to, you know, basically take community service instead of having to wear a freaking brace, but that's, that's really what I want to do. Right. Um, the, uh, they want your money more than they want your liberty. First things first. And, uh, I'll tell you what the, uh, the severity Washington state is like the, the 14th most severe state where I'm at. 14th most severe regarding punishment for drunk driving. And uh, there's a lot of money that attaches to a guilty verdict in a drunk driving case. Uh, to uh, it, it won't be so much the ankle bracelet, but the monitor on your automobile's ignition is going to cost you, you know, 250 bucks a month. And then uh, you have to have it recalibrated every two months or so, whatever. And that'll be another seventy-five bucks. Um, if you, if somebody else hits your car and it's totaled, they're going to charge you. If they have to go out to the tow yard and remove their property, that alcohol box from your ignition. Uh, so there's a whole bunch of money that attaches to that regimen. Uh, but oftentimes you won't climb that far up the financial burden ladder unless you have a prior. So if this is the first offense for the person who was cited, um, you might be able to pay court costs and a fine and maybe a year's deferred sentence. That's probably the least you'll get. Um, Also, uh, I have a course about the motor vehicle code. If you wanted to play total hardball with them, but it'll make the court the enemy uh, from the start when you have a lot to lose, which I don't suggest you do. But if you were to research your motor vehicle code in your state, beginning with the first one sometime after 1905 or 1908, you're going to find a very limited scope uh, it only uh, applied itself to regulate the commercial use of the streets. And uh, you won't find thereafter any expression by the legislature to broaden the scope of the Motor Vehicle Code. And you could make that challenge, saying I wasn't engaged in business on the roadway. And here I have this definition from the original Motor Vehicle Code that's never been broadened and so you're misapplying the motor vehicle code to me. And they're never going to admit they're stealing, and they won't go on the record with proof that the motor vehicle code has been broadened, which gives you a good case for appeal, 
but it's going to take up all the slack that you had uh, of the court maybe going lenient on you with the charge had you not challenged the motor vehicle code. Uh, what you could do is uh, reserve for appeal the right to argue uh, that particular uh, claim and plead guilty. So it would be negotiations with the prosecutor. Uh, if I pled guilty to this, will you recommend uh, court costs, no alcohol box, a year's deferred sentence, and maybe um, a monthly year analysis or a random year analysis, uh, not to amount to more than one or two times per month for a year's deferred sentence and agree to not consume alcohol. That might be another way out of this for the offender. And with that uh, recommendation from the prosecutor, they would say the guilty plea is conditional. They reserve the right to make a particular uh, challenge on appeal. That might be another way. But right now, I think uh, you really have to look closely at negotiation as an option. Uh, the first rule in real estate uh, investment. The first rule. The first rule in real estate investment is negotiation is the key to success. And so, uh, right. try to get the pads on with negotiation. That's excellent. And actually, what you just recommended, if I heard you correctly, uh, not recommended, but what you just entertained me with, was uh, because uh, was was ultimately that uh, I could basically. Work an arbitration agreement with them because that's what we're going. That's what's going on right now. Is basically this this kind of like sleight of hand kind of arbitration type style of, of negotiation, and and basically you know work because there's already been a plea entered of no contest, which I think will work to be the same thing as a guilty plea. Is that right? Close enough. Okay, so he doesn't necessarily need to plead guilty or change his plea. Right, um, and but so but he could still negotiate. In other words, by saying, "Hey, look, if I won't go, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and bring up. In other words, have in my back burner, right, the 1908 enactment stuff, right, and then just try to work a deal with them. And if they want to play hardball, then bring out the big guns. Um, <clears throat> no, I would negotiate until you got your best deal out of them, and then when it goes to the judge. There's another opportunity to negotiate, but not with the prosecutor. It's called allocution. Before they impose sentence, before I impose sentence, Mr. Smith, is there anything you'd like to tell the court? And that's your chance to talk directly with the judge to hope, in hopes of mitigating the ultimate sentence that they impose. So the prosecutor can recommend this and that, but there's another opportunity to say the right thing to the judge to say what they want to hear. It's called allocution? Allocution. A-L-L-O-C-U-T-I-O-N. I'm going to look it up. Okay. Is there anything else? It's, it's a Fifth Amendment right. Oh, really? Interesting. Oh, yeah. So uh, cool. you'd probably want to go to American Jurisprudence in the law library there and look up allocution and photocopy those and take them home. Andrew, and look up allocution. Okay, is that it? Thank you. 
Yeah, okay, cool. thank you. My pleasure. Okay, is there um, any other? Okay, let's see. Um, Avahut said, uh, repeat the location of No Confidence, uh, the Civil Liberties ebook, and I gave him the link to Book Patch, and so did Guest Nine. Uh, give him the, the other link to the another link to the same place, probably. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, No Confidence, Civil Liberties versus Homeland Security, that book of Citizens Initiatives, it's really a fast route to a bad attitude because I, I wrote a law for all these different problems you might not even know yet exist. And you're going to say, wow, I wouldn't appreciate it if they did that to me in court either, and here's a law that solves the problem. And then you go to the next one. Wow, I wouldn't like that if they did that to me in a traffic stop, and here's a law written against it. Wow. And just solution after solution to problem after problem. Uh, it's a... It's a sprint through a very broad field of experience uh, with government. You see in that book, if you got nothing else from it, you'd at least get an impression of how perilous it is to be a citizen in in the uh, United States of America. Uh, I, I really like the message of uh, that book. No confidence. Civil Liberties versus Homeland Security, now available in ebook also. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, the uh, we had a little annoyance here from uh, from a Democrat. Anyhow, um, any uh, okay? Northeast and North Central Pennsylvania. Hello. Go ahead, John. How you doing? Uh, hi, uh, John here. Um, you had given the example where somebody claimed to be a citizen of the United States and the opposing counsel said he's claiming to be a non-resident alien. Well, isn't that like committing perjury even though he's not under oath? No, because they'll never say that you're not a citizen of the United States. What he did was he went with the government's accusation first as a traverse. He didn't say, I'm claiming to be a citizen of the United States. He simply said, they say I'm a citizen of the United States, and if that's true, I'm only named in a regulation. And then they said, oh, he's claiming to be a non-resident alien, Your Honor, to get away from it. Well, that's my point. When, when they restated his words in something he didn't say, isn't that like, you know, perjury or... You know, well, the prosecutor didn't. Yeah, it, it was a motion from the prosecutor, and mm-hmm. so it wasn't under oath. It was a an argument, and they aren't held to perjury uh, for that. If it was evidence that was false, then we might be talking perjury. But it was just a legal argument. So how would you counter that? A uh, criminal complaint for conspiracy against rights. They misrepresented my argument to the court to try to get my liberty. When they knew my argument was this, they said my argument was that so that my issue doesn't get litigated and when, in fact, I have a right to a decision on my issue. Wow, that's spot on. And that's that's if, great. That's if you really wanted to parse. You know, there's heavy litigation going on in that case. So um, rather than dig down and do all that work for something very minor, 
there was a criminal complaint instead filed with the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals Review Board against the judge in that case. So we went much higher than to just point at the prosecutor. That complaint about the judge, did it have to do with that, uh, the fact that he restated your position? Uh, yeah, the judge came down on the side of the prosecutor saying, yep, wow. motion denied. Holy <laughs> so, well, Christmas. You know, if you're going to go for what the prosecutor said, you're a real derelict. And for your troubles, we're going to file a, a three-inch thick binder full of evidence with the the uh, the Ninth Circuit senior judge, James Browning, there in 2008. So, I have a lot of your stuff. Is that in there someplace? Oh, no. That's the... Uh, the Eugene Warner case from 2008, and I don't I don't sell anything from that case. There's nothing in there that isn't already in uh, in my criminal complaint to Congress. Take from Caesar's Volume One and Two. Guest Nine wants to know which case was that, and, and what you're saying is that to you, Eugene? It's Eugene Warner, U.S. versus Eugene Warner, tax evasion case out of uh, Anchorage, Alaska. Now, funny thing about that, you can't find that case in the LexisNexis database. <laughs> I wonder why. Well, it's how a can you find it? Victory for the government. It's a victory for the government in a tax evasion case, and you won't find it in LexisNexis. You'll have to. the The federal prisons don't let you look on Pacer, which is the court's database, and so. Uh, uh, prisoners can't find that case. Wow. Yeah. Am I, am I wow. still online? Imagine that. Excuse me? Uh, I don't know if you are. I was muted. How can I get a copy of that case? I have to find it on Pacer. Um, uh, I may have... Uh, I may yeah, contact Chris. Contact Chris at AmericanLiberties.LLC at gmail.com. That's AmericanLiberties.LLC. AmericanLiberties.LLC at gmail.com. And he can send you the docket number. Yeah, guest 17 says, can I look it up now and put it in the chat? Yeah, while we're still here. Um, Okay, John, I'm going to mute you and bring Donaldson back in. Hold on. Okay, go go ahead, Mr. Donaldson. Um, go ahead and mute me, and I'll catch you. I'm guest seventeen. Okay. Okay, I muted him back out, and um, so let's see. Is there any? Um, okay, I think I'm going. Okay, I'm going to look up the case. Okay, what is it, Eugene? Warner, W-A-R-N-E-R, versus the U.S. Wrong. U.S. versus Warner. Oh, excuse me. U.S. versus Warner. And, by the way, that's the first time I ever got a response from the Department of Justice on my motion to dismiss on Section 83 and my motion to dismiss based on the allegation that Americans are only named in a regulation. 
The answer to those two motions to dismiss came in on December 12th of 2008. So you're looking for something filed on December 12th in that case, and that's the government's response to those two motions to dismiss. And that's how you set aside statutory uh, protections right there. That's the book on how the government does it. And you're going to look at those and you're going to go, these are a bunch of crap. They didn't even mention the regulations under Section 83. Don't you have to do that to interpret the statute? Yes, you do. Okay. <laughs> but we can't talk about it. Okay, he's asking again what uh, – I think I just found it. Okay, he was asking what what was that site again. And, uh... Now, uh, Chris was in Alaska, and he was receiving the emails from me down here in Washington. I was writing the pleadings. And Chris was helping them go together and reading them on the spot uh, as that case was uh, underway. So uh, Chris had hands-on experience in that case and and uh, saw how I put together the pleadings, how I assembled the evidence, and helped orchestrate the filing up there in Alaska. Um, in parting, Chris, for tonight's call, I, I really have to go, but... Um, why don't you share with everybody what it was like to have a front row seat up there at Eugene Warner's place while uh, these pleadings were coming into him? Yeah. Okay, I will. The, um, uh, just waiting on guest 17. He says, Anthony T. Warner? No, Eugene. Eugene Warner. Okay, and um, that's right, guest 9, Eugene. Um yeah, uh, what happened is Eugene Warner was getting, you know, he was... You don't, you don't have to tell him what happened. Just tell him what it was like having a front row seat to the litigation. Right. Well, I just want to give an, a reason why I was there uh, as a front row. And uh, the um, he, he was in jail, and, and he could not, and they wouldn't let him out on bond. And I went up there because they were hoping... I could be, you know, like his watchdog out on on home arrest while he was uh, on bond. And so with that being said, I was, you know, uh, conversing with Dave and getting all, all the motions and everything, and I would give it to uh, his attorney, and his attorney says, I can't argue this. And I said, why? He said, because I'm an officer of the court. And I said, you realize you're fired. So then, so then I went uh, to a, a hearing to to see if I could be his watchdog, and here I here I was at the time about sixty two ish, sixty three years of age. The the judge went all the way back to when I was a teenager, and because I didn't appear to a court hearing back when I was seventeen or 18, he says, I wasn't reliable enough. I, outside of that, I was perfect. And uh, so so they kept him in a cold jail, which I think he was having a little bit of dementia. And um, the, uh, excuse me a minute, I, I got to keep logging people off that are coming in late uh, so they don't disrupt. And um, And so... Uh, 
Eugene would argue the the facts and everything that day, you know, that Dave would write, and and it was amazing how they would just overlook everything and just talk over Eugene. They wouldn't let him, you know. Eugene was slow. He had to think everything out to say it, and 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 they act like they were giving him time, and they say, you know, you really do need need an attorney, and um, so case be done they just walked all over over him ignored the law and like dave says and you'll see in the um excuse me in the uh in in the documents um how um how they just walked over him period and by the way it's united here it is guest 17 found it united states district court d alaska October 16, 2009, number 3, colon, 07, hyphen, CR, hyphen, 00, 123, hyphen, 01, hyphen, RRB, which you don't need that, I don't think. But um, you just need the numbers. That's three colon zero seven hyphen CR hyphen zero zero one two three hyphen zero one. And um, this not the site correctly. And about what they did in that case to him, I make a lot of hay. In the supplemental briefing to Congress, I filed August 27th of 014. So I referenced that case in the supplemental memorandum. Take from Caesar, Volume 2, is now available in ebook. It's right there on the website. And you'll see that case cited, and you'll see the text of both of the government's replies to those two arguments. And uh, you'll see how utterly unarmed, unprepared the government is to uh, address these claims. Well, I'm going to have to get going, Chris. Okay, thank you. Thanks, everybody, and um, I'll see you Saturday on 59615. Take care. Okay. All right, I'm going to go look uh, for his uh, case. Hold on a minute. I got, I got, uh, I mean, I got tons on on the computer here. Hold on a second. Um, The, uh, the IRS subject. All right, I can't find it right right offhand. I'll look for it and um, and so forth. But in closing, I want to say that any do we have any uh, sports enthusiasts on the call? I want to give 
free apps for you guys' cell phone or whatever you use to play with games live, okay? And uh, and I have a link. You can get the information. It won't cost you a dime to get the app. You can download the app for free. It's going to be available, um, I believe, September 15th. Now, if you want to be an affiliate to make money off of people playing, there's a, there's there's that too. But either either, if I don't sign up one affiliate, I'd be happy. But I got people uh, signing up for the free app because it's free. Why not? You get it, and uh, and you can play, and you make points and tokens, and uh, you can win prizes. It's the best thing ever, and the apps are are big time. So with that being said, get with me or look in the emails. I'm going to be uh, uh, heavily, uh, heaven, he- yeah, heavenly <laughs> promoting it, and uh, because it's uh, these these apps are, are a money maker to the uh, the people that are promoting it, and this is the first one like uh like you've never seen so with that being said uh that is probably the right case i believe it is i remember the one two three seventeen i believe you have the uh, uh the case and anybody wants to stay online let me do a a search r- real quick uh warner on my computer and let me see if i can find it but I know I got it. All right, let me look here on this drive. A friend of mine did this. I uh, got in uh, about five months ago in this uh, uh, United Games. And uh, he's got over 500 people in when he got, and he got in May. And uh, he wanted me to get in. And I said, "Oh man, I'm I'm kind of overwhelmed." And it's one of those things, man. I wish I would have paid attention. I thought I found it. Sorry, no problem, Seventeen. I appreciate you uh, looking for it. Um. Well, I got the whole document. Hold on a second. Uh, well, here, I got Warner's indictment real real quick. Let me see. Here, yeah, I, I may be able to send you the site number. Hold on a minute. See if I'm still. Okay, I'm not looking anymore. All right, IRS liens, indictment, Warner zip. Okay, I got all right, let me get the indictment first. Yeah, CR dash or hyphen 00123. That is the number. And then it says hyphen RRB hyphen JDR. And um, tax evasion, attempts of court, and so forth. So, um, now let me uh see where the zip drive is then the joinder for 
State of Maryland info for complaint. Hmm. I, I may not be exactly what we're looking for. Uh, and here is a guy that did uh, 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 1099 OIDs back in 2007. He did, uh, uh, oh, wait a minute, here, here, here's a folder warner. Here we go. Okay, affidavit of joiner. Um, man, the address uh, addressed to grand jury. Indictment info, lien, notice of sham proceedings. Second motion to case dismiss. I don't think what I'm looking for is here, but um, okay, the docket number, the docket number is, it's right on the paperwork here. Okay, the okay, Bunky wants to know the name and the case. It's the United States of America. Ta-da! Eugene that's E-U-G-E-N-E, George Warner, W-A-R-N-E-R. That's right, guess 17, you got it. Got it, okay. You say you got the case or you got the spelling and everything right? Now, one second, okay. We're in the one second holding mode. I had it right before, going back to the old info. Yep. Yeah, I thought you did. I remember the 00123. I have more of this folder someplace, but... I probably have it on another drive because I keep so much information. I, I um, every now and then I don't do it often enough. I go get a drive from another place I uh, not here at home and back up my information. Yeah, because people like to raid before they arrest you so they can take all your information and then use your information against you, which is tainted then. They can't use that information as my information because it didn't come from me, it came from them. But um, but that drive-by lit- litigation, I forget, you know, um, I gotta look at that again because Dave does a phenomenal job on how to write a complaint. There's nobody on earth better than him. Okay, so are we done? Am I waiting for anybody? Um the what what I'll do is um Oh, I found something, he says. 
but it's not the decision. Well, was he looking for the decision or was he looking for the government answer? It's like a pleading document or something. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm not in no rush, so let's uh, let me look. If anybody's tired, you know, you can leave and uh, let, let me look. Hold on a minute. Let me look for that zip drive again. There's that zip drive. And I'm going to copy that. I'm going to bring that over to... Bring that over to someplace. Um, put it in. And while I'm doing this, if people would, oh, wait a minute. Oh, no, I don't have it. I thought I had this case here. Okay, hold on. I'm setting up a, a folder for them in directory. Warner. If anybody, if everybody would help me out, even though you're not interested in the sports deal, and and because I don't watch sports myself, but you know we don't have enough Americans in this country to help support people like Dave and me, and this is all I do is research and. Um, let's see, extract it here. Over. Yeah, hold on, please. We're we're in the instructing mode. Okay. Shoot, it's the same darn thing I had before. All right, um, bond instructions, lean. Okay, just put a link in there, and let's see where, where that link takes you. Um, That's the standard conditions of supervision. Is that what he wanted us to see? Oh, take it in my drive. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I see it. Uh, he says he copied and pasted into his Google Drive.
Okay. Um, let me get with Dave tomorrow, and we'll see. Um, I don't think that's the document he wanted. Um, and actually, I forget the uh, conversation. I'm going to go ahead and shut the recorder off.